0: right now on matter of fact
1: i worked for my whole 34 years at my hotel and i've never been unemployed so all this is the first time for me for
0: millions of americans covid 19 turned life upside down now they're looking for jobs in a different world
2: can you explain to me where the labor market
1: is now the labor market is it's chaos it's pure chaos
0: then Meet the serial entrepreneur who built a brewery staffed by rival gang
3: members. I actually think gangs are potentially the best opportunity to solve some of the major social problems in America.
0: But first, thousands of Afghan refugees risked it all for a chance at a new life.
4: They're just here to feel belong, to start over, to feel safe.
0: A look at new beginnings for those who've come more than 7,000 miles to find a new home.
2: I'm Soledad O'Brien, welcome to Matter of Fact. The Taliban takeover of Afghanistan last month triggered a mass exodus. Of the more than 120,000 people the U.S. airlifted, more than 65,000 were Afghans. Some flew directly to the U.S., others were taken in by at least 16 other countries around the world. The U.S. issued SIVs, Special Immigrant Visas, which require rigorous background checks to those who aided the United States Army usually as translators and interpreters. Afghans without those visas have been allowed temporary entry under humanitarian parole. After being tested for COVID-19, most have gone on to military bases for vetting and processing. They're given health screenings and ways to connect with resettlement agencies. Our correspondent, Laura Chavez, spent several days at one center in Texas that's preparing for a
5: massive influx. When the refugees arrive in the U.S., They will be disoriented, exhausted, and in a place thousands of miles from the only home they've ever known, many still traumatized by what they've been through.
4: I have families that that will never open the door for you. You know, they're so scared. They're looking through their blinds. They still have that, oh, my God, who is that at the door? Are they here to hurt us? Zanik
5: Khan runs the Dallas-Fort Worth Refugee Outreach Services. They've helped refugees settle in Dallas since 2016. The majority of the people they serve come from Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria. And almost all of the refugees need assistance, including emotional
4: support. Just sitting and listening to them, that, I've, that has helped a lot, lot, lot of families who have gone through that anxiety. She and
5: her team of volunteers walk door to door almost every day checking on refugees and helping them adjust to their new American homes. What are some of the more common questions that you receive when you meet them for the first time?
4: Many questions, but are we gonna be okay here? Is this safe? Um, Mostly kids are nervous, mostly men are nervous about whether they'll be able to get a job here. They're worried that after three months, will I be able to provide for my family? That's because help from the U.S. government
5: for things like refugee housing and financial assistance can expire in as little as three months. To support their progress, the DFWORS helps with job searches, along with offering classes and language and American culture. It also provides a sense of community. For refugee Dawood, who fled to the U.S. with his wife and eight children after working with Special Forces for more than a decade, this community is a lifeline. Dawood asked us to hide his identity for safety concerns for his family here and in Afghanistan. When you first came here, you mentioned that it was difficult.
6: This is my family. Family, family, friends, social life.
5: That loneliness, combined with a constant fear about what's happening back home, is a challenge.
4: They were having a hard time trying to figure out where their families are, trying to get in touch with them. Knowing especially that they have worked with the army, they knew that that's, that's the target for for Taliban.
5: And like so many other refugees, Daoud wants to reach out, but can't.
6: From on your screen, uh, I cannot deliver the message to them because they have no access to the media. I I am trying, that is, to bring them here.
5: The Dallas-Fort Worth refugee outreach services have taken in over 400 families over the years. And just this past week, they took in an additional five. They expect many more. There are still thousands of people in Afghanistan trying to leave, hoping to find a new home in any country that will take them in. Do you consider yourself an American family. In what
7: culture, we say from where we, you drink a water or eat something, so that's your homeland. So America is my homeland now.
4: At the end of the day, I feel like we're all the same, just a bit of difference, and they're just here to feel belong, to start over. Um, they want that chance um, to feel safe. In Dallas, Fort Worth,
5: I'm Laura Chavez, for Matter of Fact.
0: Next on Matter of Fact, American workers switching jobs, demanding more or opting out.
1: We've all done a lot of introspecting over the last 18 months about what we really care about and what we prioritize.
0: An economist explains the pandemic's impact on the world of work. And still ahead, a brewery run by rival gang members. I like the idea of giving people second chances. I disagree with the execution. Why skeptics won't get behind it. And later, a tiny discovery that changes the map of the world.
2: For millions of Americans, COVID-19 has turned life upside down. At the onset of the pandemic, when businesses closed and jobs were lost, the federal government stepped in with stimulus checks and other forms of economic aid. Those actions were intended to help people, like Darlene Turner of the Bronx, who 14 months ago told us about the nightmare she was facing. I've been living in this
1: building, in this apartment for like 34 years. I work in the hotel industry, so I work for a restaurant down in the city, which has closed down due to the pandemic with no income, so it's really hard to pay my rent. I worked for my whole 34 years at my hotel. And I've never been unemployed, so all this is the first time for me. Something I would have never thought in the year 2020 that this would happen.
2: Darlene's story makes us ask, did the aid help? Recent studies say stimulus checks Supplemental unemployment benefits and child tax credit payments cut the poverty rate by nearly 40%. Well now with many benefits lapsing, families and businesses are wondering if they can make it on their own. Wendy Edelberg is a senior fellow in economic studies at the Brookings Institution. So nice to talk to you. Let's talk about benefits because we know benefits help lift people out of poverty, but now some of those benefits are lapsing what happens now?
1: Even in the midst of this terrible economic crisis, in 2020, after incorporating all of those extraordinary federal benefits, the rate of poverty actually declined. Now, the unemployment insurance benefits in particular have abruptly been canceled for millions of Americans. And, yes, it does make me worry about the financial circumstances for those households.
2: President has said he wants to make the child tax care credit permanent. What are you expecting to come down the pike policy-wise?
1: There are a lot of those sorts of initiatives in the budget reconciliation deal that's moving its way through Congress. One of those is permanently making the child tax credit fully refundable, and this would help the financial circumstances for millions of low-income households.
2: Can you explain to me where the labor market is now?
1: The labor market is it's chaos. It's pure chaos. We are seeing extraordinary churn. Uh, We have job opening rates that are at historic highs, but we also have quit rates that are at historic highs. This is a time when most people are reevaluating what they want in a job. And at the same time, we're seeing massive compositional shifts in where the job openings are.
2: Is it as simple as people saying, hey, I just want more money? Or is it 18 months of a pandemic has sort of destabilized people emotionally, so they're asking different questions about you know what they want out of life.
1: Surely we've all done a lot of introspecting over the last 18 months about what we really care about and what we prioritize. So I don't want to minimize that. The other thing is that we've had big changes in technology. This ability for you and I to be having this conversation where I'm sitting at home is a sea change. The fiscal support that we've given people has allowed them to take a moment to breathe and figure out what they want to do and where their most productive job matches are.
2: People were talking about job hopping and sort of wage differentials. Like, that's unusual, at least in my experience.
1: We have seen pretty strong wage growth across the economy. Those wage gains, I do have to say, have, have not entirely translated into increases in purchasing power because of increases in inflation that have happened in the last few months. But there is one group where we have seen strong, real wage gains, and that is, for, that is for workers in the lower part of the income distribution. That includes workers who are typically marginalized, workers of color workers with lower education.
2: So final question for you, how is all this going to affect American households this year?
1: This is gonna be a difficult, a difficult roller coaster for us to ride. One thing that I'm particularly worried about is, so, so so let's try to get past the current surge in the pandemic, which creates lots of uncertainty about the state of the recovery. We've definitely seen a pause in demand. We've seen a pause in hiring, but. Assuming everything breaks our way and we can get beyond the Delta variant, I fully expect the recovery to once again take off like a rocket.
2: Wendy Edelberg is the director of the Hamilton Project at the Brookings Institution. It's so nice to talk to you.
0: Thank
1: you. Nice to talk to you. Thank you.
0: Ahead on Matter of Fact, a microbrewery on a mission to curb gang violence.
6: They don't want to be selling drugs out there doing all the violent things they do. But they don't have any opportunity to walk away from that.
0: Can a job with benefits be the chance they're looking for? And later...
3: Ambers are starting to fall on the hood of this car. So I says, it's time to leave now.
0: The race to safety as the California wildfires rage on.
2: Buy a beer? Help stop gang violence. Well, that's the hope of a new brewery in North Carolina. Later this month, the company True Colors is launching its new lager. But those brewing it might be getting more attention than the beer itself. Our correspondent, Jessica Gomez, has the story from Wilmington.
6: Pretty much, I was just out here living the street life, you know, selling drugs, had a gun to protect myself.
7: The streets of Southside Wilmington. For 31 year old Anthony Brum, known as Ant, they were once his office.
6: This is where, it's where my, own, my little bro died.
7: A place where survival is often a measure of success. Ant in a gang since he was 16.
6: I grew up in foster care, so I ain't really never had that, that real family structure where I felt I belonged there.
7: Now, Ant says he belongs here his new office at true colors a startup brewery
6: and they just saying it's violence violence violence
7: where 65 of the more than 80 employees are active gang members
3: true stands for truth responsibility and unity
7: true colors ceo george taylor
3: i went into it assuming like i think most people do that if you're in a gang You got like two roles in life you sell drugs and carry a weapon and sometimes use it very quickly I realized that's not true that could be my look like that would be it
7: Taylor a successful entrepreneur got the idea a few years ago
5: yeah that was just you and I
7: got hit and my friend got hit after a gang murder near his software company in downtown Wilmington with help from authorities Taylor tracked down some of the city's highest ranking gang members those like press gang life all he'd ever known.
6: Uh, I was raised by my mother. Uh, She died of cancer day after Christmas when I was 10 years old. And it was at that point that I actually started to feel like I had to become a man.
7: Press and others here buying into Taylor's proposal, work for him and help stop the violence, all while staying in their gangs.
3: Frankly, if you wanna make change, you have to meet people where they are. You can't say, hey, opportunity here, put on a collared shirt and come see me. It ain't happening.
7: Taylor's $10 million investment into the company matched by outside investors, including beverage giant Molson Coors. There's no place that would offer them the same opportunity that they get here a livable wage, uh, medical, vision, dental, stock options. What you got, Dave? True Color's onboarding process focusing on physical and emotional health, building confidence and corporate skills.
6: Why did you come here to talk to me?
7: And conflict resolution often between rival gang members with deep divisions.
6: My mission is to really bridge these gaps. Dealing with the Bloods, is dealing with Vice Lords, is dealing with Crips.
7: Leonard Waddell, his nickname Dune, is on the True Colors payroll, but his job is in the
6: streets, trying to keep the peace. When things go wrong in the hood, I have to be that stepping stone to say that it's going to be all right.
7: But recent gang violence now has some questioning the company's approach. New Hanover County 911. What's the address of the emergency? (laughs) I need police. This summer, True Colors employee and known gang leader Corey Tyson and a friend were shot and killed while staying at the home of George Taylor's son. While authorities are not linking the murders to True Colors, three rival gang members have been arrested and charged with the crimes.
6: I support the effort. I don't support the execution.
7: New Hanover County District Attorney Ben David.
3: I am for anything that is going to build community to help us fight crime. What I'm not for is the idea that you can renounce violence without also renouncing the gang. What would happen is we have no employees.
7: It sounds like your idea is if you can't beat them, join them. Very
3: much so. Very much so. I mean, how long are we? How long are we going to continue to fight a losing battle? before we change our strategy.
7: A strategy those like Ant say is making a difference, on the streets and in lives.
6: A lot of conversations happening within these walls that stop a lot of violence from happening. It's peaceful, you know what I'm saying? I can plan out, like, for the future. I don't have to worry about two weeks. In two weeks, I'll be locked up or dead or something like that.
7: Neither does Prespathay, as the light logger he's helped create is about to hit store shelves.
6: Like I can actually live and relax. <laughs> and that's, that's something that I haven't done for most of my life, Has been able to actually take a deep breath.
7: In Wilmington, North Carolina, for Matter of Fact, I'm Jessica Gomez.
6: Next on Matter of Fact,
0: what happens when a wildfire moves in? Got the car and the
3: truck packed, we were
0: gone. To stay up to date with Matter of Fact, sign up for our newsletter at matteroffact.tv.
2: ALMOST A DOZEN STATES ARE BATTLING MORE THAN 75 WILDFIRES RIGHT NOW. WILDFIRES CAN CHANGE DIRECTION QUICKLY, LEAVING PEOPLE LITTLE TIME TO GET OUT OF HARM'S WAY. AND THAT MAKES HAVING AN EVACUATION PLAN CRITICAL FOR BOTH FIRST RESPONDERS AND FAMILIES THAT ARE FORCED TO FLEE.
3: The initial. Uh... A warning came in, and then within two hours, then it was the mandatory evacuation. We had made the decision, once we heard that, we got the car and the truck packed, we were gone. And as we're starting to leave, uh, ambers are starting to fall on the hood of this car. So I says, it's time to leave now.
2: Steve Frazier and his family were fleeing the Caldor Fire, the 15th largest wildfire in California's history. It's burned through almost a quarter million acres and forced nearly 60,000 people from their homes. Despite the destruction, not one life was lost. Coming up next week, our correspondent Dina Demetrius will have the story of what it took to pull off that successful evacuation.
0: Coming up on Matter of Fact, this man discovered a new island. But he tells us that if he ever finds another
2: island, he's not going to tell a soul.
0: But we'll tell you all about it.
2: Finally, a story about how taking a wrong turn can lead to a new discovery. Climate scientists from Denmark were on their way to collect samples from the world's northernmost island off the coast of Greenland. Except their helicopter's GPS guided them about half a mile north to a place none of them knew existed. The yet-to-be-named landmass is small, 65 by 30 yards, and around 12 feet above sea level. And now it's officially the new northernmost island on Earth. They think it probably rose to the surface during a major storm, and if another powerful storm hits, the islet could vanish as quickly as it appeared. The media excitement around the discovery has worn out senior researcher Morton Rush. He tells us that if he ever finds another island, he's not going to tell a soul. No good deed goes unpunished, sir. That's it for this edition of Matter of Fact. I'm Soledad O'Brien. I'll see you back here next week.
0: If you missed our top stories about a Texas resettlement program helping Afghan refugees, a look at how the pandemic is reshaping the economy and the labor market, a North Carolina brewery employing rival gang members hoping to curb gang violence, and a massive effort to evacuate families in the path of a wildfire, just go to matteroffact.tv. And listen to Matter of Fact with Soledad O'Brien on your favorite podcast provider. Watch us during the week on FYI, Pluto, and YouTube.